0: And we're live to our Wednesday, November 21st podcast. Uh, welcome to Benny and the G podcast featuring two men who drink ales and talk about the world around them. Ben, what the fuck are you sipping on this evening?
1: So uh, there's been a lot of talk recently from the viewers about how I only drink yellow beers, and they're, they're clearly not happy with it. So I went to the grocery store, and I bought myself a nice Sixer. But when I was buying it, I was caring about cost and nostalgia. So... I landed on America's beer. It's the the staple of the United States. It's the old fashioned Budweiser. Um, you know, four point eight percent volume, and I got a six pack of Budweiser for two dollars and twenty eight cents. That oh, is shoot. unheard of.
0: Oh my god, that's an absolute deal, right? I there. I
1: think if I didn't buy that, I would be considered a member of ISIS or something. <laughs>
0: wow, I'm in awe right there. Two.
1: You just can't beat that. Um, I've I've never seen anything like that in the in the states. So I guess there's one advantage to being abroad.
0: Oh, uh, as on my end, I'm currently this is bad podcasting, but as Ben can see, I'm sipping on an IPA variety six pack. And uh, as I like to say with these variety six pack six packs, on the fifth day, God created the sun, and on the sixth day, He created the IPA variety six pack. And uh, so what we have here is a rundown of Art Car IPA. Uh, I'm in San Antonio right now, so I'm drinking an Alamo Amber Lager. Um, not trying to make the basic bitches go nuts, but I also have a Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Spice beer. Um, and to top things off, uh, at least out here right now on the deck, I have a Lagunitas Maximus, which distinguishes, which distinguishes itself from uh, your traditional Lagunitas IPA, uh, because the uh, the alcohol per volume content is two percent higher, so I'm gonna get a little zooted out here on this deck, and I'm excited for it, Ben.
1: What's your uh, so is that your lineup too? What's this your, is what's, my your what's your go to order your batting lineup?
0: So uh, in the in the leadoff hole we have an Art Car IPA. Um, it's a it's a savory drink. You know, it's definitely a sipper. You don't want to chuck that thing. Um, no shoe nice for that one. Uh, <laughs> In the two hole we have a Lagunita's Maximus, uh, trying to pack a punch in the second second hole. Up up number 3, we have the Alamo Amber Lager and in cleanup we have the Blue Moon Pumpkin Spice just to uh, you know really get that buzz on. So I Sound- couldn't be more excited. All right,
1: sounds good and let's get right into it.
0: commercial break and you know uh black friday is just around the corner and as this is our first public podcast i think it's time to make a big announcement uh we have a merch drop and flooding stores flooding store shelves we're going to be seeing benny and the g t-shirts beanies koozies shot glasses iphone
1: chargers that's our big one
0: that is going to be a revolutionary addition to the market our iphone chargers um and it's coming to shelves on black friday And we couldn't be more excited. And what we are thinking as a logo is both of us shrugging our shoulders. Um,
1: So so this is where you and me might come into disagreement. Uh, A lot of the viewers have submitted me requests already for my logo. And, um, I mean, this is just per viewer request. But I think it should be at least three to four Chinese people playing Chinese checkers at a table. Maybe cranking a hoon or two. Uh, You never know. But uh, either way, we'll... If not, if we can't come to an agreement, I think we should, uh, you know, like maybe make a collage or something so the Chinese people can be included because those people are, are some of our biggest viewers out here, and uh, you got to appreciate them. But all I know is our coupon code is going to be Benny and the G like Hoons, hashtag. And we use that, and you get 15% off all our merch.
0: And Hoons is a, uh, is this like for cigarettes? That was Yeah. Oh, so uh as we know turkey day is coming up tomorrow and we couldn't be more excited about it but uh you know the old story is that columbus gave the Indians turkey and that started thanksgiving but uh we want to switch that up a bit so what we're talking about here is if we could replace turkey at thanksgiving with any entree of our choice what would it be? And you know, viewers, leave your comments in the, and leave your comments below what you would think. But Ben, what's what's your opinion?
1: All right. So you know, I love buff chick. I that was in my Instagram bio for a little. It's just like part of me. I love buffalo buffalo chicken anything. So what I'm doing is I'm I'm getting rid of the turkey. I'm bringing in chicken cutlet. I'm heating that on a pan, uh, with, with Frank's Red Hot. We're sponsored by Frank's Red Hot. Give them a shout out. We're using Frank's Red Hot and butter. Heat that up. Make some buffalo chicken. You put that on top of a roll, a nice roll, and underneath the chicken, though, you're using stuffing, just classic out of the box stuffing. So it goes: stuffing, chicken cutlet, piece of pepper, pepper jack cheese, uh, then mashed potatoes, and then gravy, oh. all in a sandwich. They call this the money maker. You're not gonna be, you're not gonna be let down by
0: this. You know what you had me at? It's pepper jack cheese.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know my, and I, I know the uh, Jack from Wisconsin. One of our viewers loves. Love Pepper Jack.
0: Oh, he's very vocal about that. (laughs) So, uh, first little side note. That's an amazing sound right there. Um, On my end, on Thanksgiving, you know, it's a big football day. My family's really big into football, especially my dad's side. So we all gather around the TV to watch football during the actual Thanksgiving meal. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm definitely chowing on my turkey, and it's really good with my stuffing and my gravy. But all I'm really wanting, deep down, chicken wings, some legs, some breasts, and no boneless processed bullshit. I'm just talking straight chicken wing that I can gnaw into, and you know, get real messy. You know, it's Thanksgiving. I'm with family. Uh, my aunt's being racist, but it's all good because how, we're with family.
1: How big of a bird are we talking?
0: We're talking about a 25 pounder.
1: Okay. And uh, and and any sauce in particular?
0: Um, I don't think I have a particular sauce in mind.
1: You know, uh, I. Don't, I wait. Do you say chicken wings or uh, like like the little ones or just like a regular uh, wing? Oh, yeah, I, I'm confused. Like I'm buffalo chicken cheaper.
0: wings. And you can uh, you can uh, just all you can eat. Stick your hands in there.
1: You know. So you're talking like KFC or something? Mm-hmm. Well. Or buffalo I'm chicken wings, or buffalo wild wings. I mean.
0: Yeah.
1: So my actually favorite sauce is uh, zesty Asian, but I probably couldn't go with that on Thanksgiving. It's not really American, and we're not really about all the Asian type stuff um, on Thanksgiving. So not to not say... To, not to not our Asian viewers, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I know our logo is Asian, so we're they gave us permission to say that.
0: <laughs> all right, so moving on. We're about to get, uh, we're about to talk Mario Kart, and, uh, we're about to get real technical into Mario Kart, so for our female listeners, the Thanksgiving fashion segment is coming at never Um, (laughs) o'clock. And that's not, that's
1: not, that's not in a sexist way either, that's just, um, they, they, they don't like Mario Kart, woman, typically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so top three favorite maps, I guess, Then I'm going to start with you, and this is Double Dash, we're talking here, 2004 uh, Double Dash. Yeah,
1: I ten. mean, I wouldn't expect anything less, no one plays the other Mario Karts, pretty much, Double Dash, or nothing. That's that should be a, a hashtag restart. So, I'll bring it to you with my number one is Baby Park, um, Ow. yep, I know, it's just, it, room. It's, uh, it's just an oval, but there's way more skill involved than you think, um, some of my friends call me the baby park legend, uh, and I think a couple of our viewers call me that, <laughs> too. But, uh, so, what it is, basically, is there's a strategy. You do not want to be in first going into the sixth slab, or else you're going to lose. Someone's going to blue bee you, someone's going to hit you with a chomp-chomp. I do
0: know what the blue bee is for people who have a different name for it, possibly.
1: Yeah, I mean, you probably shouldn't have a different name for it, but uh, blue bee is the blue flying shell that usually people in 8th or 7th place get, and it just, it's a missile, it's a predator missile right to the first place. So, if you get hit by one of those, you're automatic fourth on Baby Park. Fourth or fourth or less. Uh, so, you do not want to be in first place going to the final lap. See,
0: uh, I have a fundamental disagreement with your choice. How can you be called the Baby Park legend when the map is so much up to chance? It's,
1: it's not, though. The reason I win so much is it cannot be up to chance. If it were up to chance, my win my win ratio would be one eighth, but it's not. My win ratio is about seven eighths. Okay. You can't dispute uh, facts.
0: And number two for you.
1: Uh, I'm going with DK Mountain. That's an easy one. I think I think DK Mountain's got to be on all of your top threes. All of our views. You, I just
0: have some trouble with that bridge at the end of it.
1: Yeah, that's that's where the fun comes in. I mean, you're going on a bridge, and someone behind you has a ready. What are you gonna do? You're gonna have to. You're ready is a red shell. Yeah, yeah, red shell. Um, some people call it a Koopa shell. Anyways, you're gonna have to somehow. You honestly, job interviews should require you to to get over the bridge without getting hit by a red shell because there's a some physics behind uh, you know avoiding one of those and it's very impressive when it's done. I would love to see a highlight reel of it, but anyways, that's coming in at our two. And then our, our third best map, um actually had a t had a tie be- between um, Rainbow Road and uh, Wario Coliseum. Um, or I, I sorry, not not Wario Coliseum. Bowser's Castle. Bowser's Castle is a little known staple of Mario Kart. There are so many little shortcuts and uh, you really you can re- really show your skill in it. And obviously Rainbow Road for obvious reasons. I don't love it that much, but it's just- it's Rainbow Road. Can't beat it.
0: Wow. May I say that Bowser Castle was my number one <laughs> as, as well, which is wild. I just feel like I'm, I'm good at the shortcuts. Um, I know of little intricacies of the map. Um, number two for me would be Mushroom Circuit, just because it's just a classic drive.
1: Um, uh, Connor, would you mind turning your, your cell phone off quickly?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, what were you mentioning?
0: Um, well, for Mushroom Circuit, I uh, just know how to navigate it well. It's a very straight straight shot. You know, there's a few uh, secret locations that if you use power-ups, you can shoot right through and, and, and you know, get to the front. Um, and my number three option is Luigi Circuit, just because I'm a fan of the, of the racetrack, you know? It's just a classic racetrack.
1: Oh, uh, that's a... Out of all the maps, that's... All 16 maps, that's your favorite one?
0: It's it's a racetrack, bro. It's just a classic racetrack. You're driving in race it's, cars, like, you want to be on a racetrack. A, it,
1: it's literally a figure eight.
0: Yeah. Hence the name. It's a racetrack. <laughs> the Circuit. All
1: right, we'll agree to disagree on that one. That's, like... I guess, but I guess I came in hot with saying *Baby Park* is my favorite. So, uh, I mean, the what what's best about *Mario Kart* is how uh, top players like us can have such differences in opinion. So, that's one of the things they have in their slogans. So, I mean, let's just embrace it.
0: And we'll be back in about three minutes with our worst office characters. So, stay tuned. Okay.
1: Get into I mean one of everyone's favorite topics worst least favorite office character. It's easy to talk talk about your most favorite, but let's um, let's no, lead, lead off to of you. Let's lead off to you.
0: All right, so I think this one's pretty clear. He only shows up kind of in the late seasons. I think season season five to season seven. I'm not sure the, the exact specifics.
1: Don't don't take my character. It's Gabe. Okay, okay. (laughs) Gabe.
0: (laughs) It's Gabe. And, you know, I would say that the actor who plays Gabe and uh, probably Ted Cruz have the two most punchable faces uh, (laughs) in America. And, you know, every time I look at Gabe, I just want to give him a swirly and then knock him out with the left hook and then a right jab.
1: He he needs a swirly, that guy. I feel bad for that actor because he plays the most hateable character. Have you seen Silicon Valley?
0: I have not. Okay,
1: he plays like a very hateable character in that as well. That's his just his schmegma, kind of, as he would.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's not lovable. Everything he says, I kind of resent in some way. Uh, I've never found myself to laugh at anything he says. And, you know, you could make the same argument for Ryan Howard, um, because I've never laughed at anything Ryan said, but he's not just, like, someone you resent.
1: So, So I might rebuttal Ryan Howard by saying... Michael's comedy kind of feeds off Ryan, and many of the things that are funny about Michael, like where he, he just stares at Ryan through his, his blinds, and like he, when uh, Jan tries to sue for for uh, her boob lawsuit or whatever, uh, Michael's writing about Ryan in his diary. Like I, I think many funny aspects of Ryan, add to to Michael's humor.
0: Okay, but that's a secondhand effect. I'm talking about the character.
1: Okay, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess I see it where
0: right, it is the right counter argument. I'll say that. Um, you and know, another.
1: So I uh, one of the funny only funny thing I think Gabe does is when he like dresses up as he dressed up as Lady Gaga for a Halloween, uh, which is pretty funny. But other than that, he's just a super hateable guy.
0: Very unfunny. All right, Ben, what's your choice?
1: Yeah, I mean. This is, I'm actually not going to say my least favorite one. I'm going to rebuttal everyone's least favorite one, uh, or at least not yours, but most people's, which is uh, D'Angelo Vickers, a.k.a. Will Ferrell. Um, many people I've talked to say they don't even watch past season, I forget what season it is, maybe eight or seven, because they hate D'Angelo Vickers. I, I won't
0: say that, Will Ferrell, his character I do got like, so prove me wrong. Change my
1: mind. I will prove you wrong. He has such humor that goes unnoticed by the the ordinary office fan. You have to be a spectacular office fan to notice. Um, Let's take a new example. First scene, when he meets Michael. Him and Michael are at a bar. It's just them two. They're meant to meet each other, and they don't know it's them. So they get on the phone, and they start talking, and they eventually realize that uh, he's talking to Michael, and he's talking to D'Angelo. But that's literally the first introduction. Um, second scene. Can
0: I ask your question?
1: Yeah, ask, go away.
0: Is that, is that a credit to the writers creating a brilliant thing, or is, is Will Ferrell's acting and D'Angelo's character? Okay, so,
1: that, so I can fun. see, I can see both points of that, who knows, but I will say, I will go into his acting right now, you know how he dunks on the hoop and falls and gets, like, sur- he gets in a lot of, uh, like, or, I don't know, surgery or whatever, um, he gets very he gets- injured
0: surgery yeah
1: he gets very injured is what i'm trying to say he comes back to the office wearing his gown from the hospital and starts you know rambling about like he starts trying to tell this joke about um someone entering a bar You can't even understand what he's saying but in the shadow this is one of the few things i've noticed is jim halbert starts laughing like not even it's not even scripted he just laughs because michael because will ferrell's being funny like you can't, you can barely see it, but he has a smirk on his face that that's not uh, visible to the ordinary viewer. But after a couple couple reruns, you see it, and so that I think shows that Will Ferrell is funny. His character is funny, and like he's just not as bad. I think he he's doable. Obviously, he's not as good as Michael, but you can watch him.
0: Okay, you can consider my mind changed to a slight extent, um, unlike Steven Crowder, but. Uh Now we're going to go on to uh, your worst, least favorite office character. You still said, I mean, you defended D'Angela. You didn't really say who you hated, though.
1: I'll go with Angela. I mean, I just, like, she's...
0: Whoa!
1: Yeah, I know episode one, I said she'd be my low-key bang, but that doesn't mean I like her.
0: Wow. And what's your, what's your... I mean, is it just because of her cold nature, you know, like, her... her, um, I just don't think
1: anything she does is funny. I don't know how you can find her to be a name, like, I I don't know, I think her and Gabe Lewis are on the same level, just that she's a character that's featured throughout the whole series, and not just a couple seasons, so do with that what you want, but I'm I'm sticking with Angela.
0: Okay, I can see that. Now, on to our final segment, until we have on our guest for the evening, Nick Kerr. Uh, to give us his bedding walk of the week. And we're going to have a little story time. But before that, uh, what really grinds my gears, you know, this is becoming a staple. Um, we, uh, have a lot of things that irk us in our daily lives. Then. And, and it's nice to come on this podcast and vent a little. So for me, uh, it's slow walkers, uh, today. And, you know, I wouldn't consider myself a fat walker per se. I would say I, I walk about the average seven miles an hour. Um, I'm not sure if that's the actual average. but uh, <laughs> I think that's way that faster cool. than the average. Okay. 7 so um,
1: miles per hour for a walker is like you're running a, like a 7 or 8 minute mile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. A bit slower than that. But um, it just really grinds my gears um, when I am walking and there is especially a group of three in front of me that is just snailing it.
1: And they're all lined up, probably. not. The, they're you know.
0: all lined up the perfect distance. <laughs> yeah.
1: the, the maximum like, sidewalk. The, the maximum
0: exactly sidewalk. Point. It, so the pass is impenetrable. <laughs> but another thing is, even when it's a one-person walker, um, and I want to pass them, I have to walk slightly faster than how I'm usually walking so that the pass is not awkward. Yeah. Um, so I have to increase my walking speed to walk by them. I kind of look silly. I almost break a sweat doing it.
1: Um, I feel like I feel like this is just like a, a universal pet peeve besides the slow walkers like there has to be some slow walker club everyone is a part of that isn't like that that this isn't their pet peeve but other than that everyone else like hates this.
0: Yeah I mean it's just come on. get from point A to point B faster bro.
1: yeah I'm, so' I'm, if I if I could sprint without sweating I would sprint I would sprint everywhere. But well, I can't go to class drenched in, in sweat, so, uh, you know, you got to pace yourself.
0: Um, but I saw a meme that's like, I can't wait till Natural Selection wipes out slow walkers, and I guess that's how I feel about this one. Yeah, but um, then
1: then maybe you'll be the slow walker.
0: True. That is how Natural Selection works. Yeah.
1: Fuck. <laughs> Loophole. <laughs> All
0: right. What about you, bro? What's, your, uh, so I, what's, your, what's I, your gears? I'm
1: actually bringing two to the table today. I know I've been kind of defying our our subjects but um, the first one is LinkedIn hardos Uh, there are people out there who actively are searching through LinkedIn about like a couple hours a day and they're the people that when they get a job they write a paragraph how grateful they are to accept the position Ah. and then when they, they complete the job they write about how grateful their experience was And they write paragraphs on this. And it's probably the most obnoxious thing. You can basically just instead summarize it to uh, bragging to all your followers that say you got a job at like J.P. Morgan or something. You might as well say like, I got a job at J.P. Morgan, fuck all of you. That's what the the first one is. And then the second one's like, I'm going to be working at J.P. Morgan my whole life, fuck all of you. So it it really like, it's just simple bragging. Uh, No one likes it. And I mean... I don't know about all our viewers agreeing with this because some of you may have done this in your life, but you know, that's why you listen to our podcast, it's full of, it's full of some takes that you might not agree with. Uh, next one is Jewel Fiends. Um, I understand the occasional yo, can I get a rip? However, I, I'm friends with this one kid who, who basically only talks to you to ask you for the jewel. And it is the most obnoxious thing. I don't have a jewel. I mean, I love ripping jewel, and I do fiend it.
0: Let's also note that you haven't been around a jewel in a while.
1: I have not, but he has a jewel, and he never shares it. And then when he doesn't bring it out, he fiends one. So it's basically like like a double-edged sword in that he has one, but he also fiends one. And I neither have one nor I fiend one, but I haven't had one in about Saint. five. Yeah. I haven't had one in about five months, and... Uh, that's the first thing I buy when I'm getting home. I can tell you that.
0: So, uh, next up, we got, a, a actually a recurring guest now, Nick Kerr going to give us his betting lock of the week, and then we're going to have a little story time. So, you want to take it away, Ben?
1: Yeah, let's do it. So, for our story, we're going to, this is our, we're going to try to make this into a recurring segment of story times, uh. Today we are talking about um, worst trunk slash blackout experience. Cause you can't necessarily describe a blackout experience if you were blackout. You don't remember, and then there's an inherent flaw. Um, so many of many of my stories, I'm just like borderline blackout, but able to remember. And this one I'll, brings me back to uh, New Orleans when my sister is graduating from Tulane.
0: Leave them on a cliffhanger for after the break. Okay,
1: so it, it, it's focused in New Orleans, and keep in mind I live in Connecticut, so unknown world, unknown terrain, and uh, so uh, we'll get we'll get back to it after the break.
0: And mine will involve nudity and ra's. So uh, wow, get on your toes, folks.
1: pack a punch. <laughs>
0: that's all I have to say. And, and we're,
1: we're back, back. <laughs> thanks Where's ladies and gentlemen place? for waiting and we have our special guest Nick Kerr uh, Nick what's your betting take of the week
0: the lines are, but I'm telling you, 76ers, Pelicans, over tonight. I'm telling you, that's the lock. 76ers, Pelicans, over. Yep, it's going to be high, trust me. And are these two bad defenses, or? 76ers don't play defense, and they can score. Pelicans don't play any defense, and pick first open shot every single possession. It's beautiful when you're betting over. You heard it here first. It's beautiful when you're bending over. <laughs> that's going to go like Nick curse too, No, ever.
1: So, Nick, while we have you on the segment, uh, I'd love to ask you what's your worst drunk slash uh, blackout experience you can think of. My worst
0: uh, drunk or blackout experience? So it's a very broad topic, so you can literally take this in many so directions. Do you, do you want to hear, like, like do you want like, in the public space or, like... I just want it to be egregious. Like, I want our audience like, members to, to be freaked out. Our um,
1: listeners should be amazed and should want you back basically
0: I'm oh, sorry what would you say
1: our listeners should want you to come back routinely if, if the story is good enough just base it off that
0: um, alright well I, I, don't, I can't think of a great one alright and that's Nick Kerr everyone <laughs> yeah. We'll catch him back. After Maybe the, we'll uh, keep him do a,
1: a one-time visitor. Um, so uh,
0: um, He might be just stick to, to, to the betting lines, it yeah. seems like, after that little pop. But
1: seven, 76ers over. Keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> so, so we were talking about worst drunk slash blackout experience. I'll talk about my time in New Orleans. Keep in mind, I was about 16. I was 16 years old when this happened. Uh, my sister just graduated college from Tulane, so we were there for graduation, and my brother, uh, age twenty three at the time, and my sister, age twenty two or twenty five and twenty two, so I'm sixteen. They're way older than me, and I'm in New Orleans. It's like one of my first times drinking. I get like really drunk just off like a small amount of, of alcohol, and we're at this concert. And I lose both of my siblings. Um, it's this weird New Orleans concert where it's like kind of jazzy and stuff. And so I lose both my siblings. And I'm really drunk and my phone is dead. So I have no idea how to find them. Let's hold up for a second. Go. That was the sound of a, a nice open beer. But let's keep it going. So I'm at this I'm at this of... I'm at this kind of jazz club, my sister is nowhere to be seen, my brother is flirting with this girl, I don't want to cock him, I'm going to let him do his thing, so I, my phone is dead, so I decided to idiotically and drunkenly leave this place, and try to self-navigate back to my hotel, and keep in mind, I've never been to this city before, my phone is dead, I have no map, and so, I'm making my way, And I'm craving a cigarette, I'm only like 16 years old, you know, I just want to crank a hoon. And so I start chatting up these homeless people, uh, you know, what you do when you're drunk and 16, you're trying to rip a hoon, and I, I ended up getting a hoon and a lighter, but I ended up sharing the hoon with this homeless guy. One of the grossest things I've ever done. And I as Connor as G knows, I'm kind of a germ folk. Uh so this is disgusting to wake up to. I can confirm. Yeah, and so um so this was the first homeless guy I talked to for about probably I don't know the timeline, probably about fifteen minutes. And then I make my way to the next homeless guy, and this time I'm trying to find directions. And he says, Uh, you know, take a right at the street, then take a left. So I use his directions, but before going, I feel guilty. So I go to the ATM and I withdraw fifty dollars, fifty U.S. dollars, and I go back to him and give him it, and I, and then he goes, but I have a dog, and I go, all right, tough luck. Like I'm not giving you more than fifty dollars. It's probably the most money you've gotten in your life, and so I leave it at that. But imagine waking up to to. Um, I eventually made my way back to the hotel. But imagine waking up to to it you remembering that you ripped a cig with a homeless guy and also gave another homeless guy $50. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing worse than that.
0: And it seems like so out of what you would do. That's yeah. why it's fun. It's, you it's, must have been very fucked up. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> like as a young kid, I'm going to get drunk from the... They have this drink in New Orleans called a, a Grenade, I think, and it's literally just uh, vodka and Mountain Dew. It leads to the worst hangover ever. Would not recommend it. But uh, let's, let's bring it back to you. I want to hear your, what, what do you say, your PDA slash RA?
0: So, um, first of all, as I was opening that beer, I spilled it up my computer, and it is currently spazzing out right now, but that is a tale for another time. <laughs> um, uh, so, I was in freshman year of college. First night I ever went out at Elon University, actually, and um, let me just say it's a forgettable one. So I, I'm all like, college, frats, ah, like I'm, I'm like so, like, like so, like, oh my God, this is all happening, and I go to this Kappa Sig party, um, and I just start pounding bucket. I'm just pounding. It. Like Boxer, what
1: were you pounding? Bucket. Bucket?
0: Bucket, yeah. What is that? It's what we call, like, the, you know, out of prat, the, the, the punch.
1: Okay, just say that next time. What do you, you think Johnny, you say? You think Johnny in Milwaukee is going to know what bucket is? I, I just say punch. What do you say? Just punch. punch.
0: Punch. okay, punch. So I'm just pounding this punch. And keep in mind that I was at pregame earlier that uh, had jello shots. Um, so I have a lot of alcohol in my system. I'm very inebriated and the rest of that night is like a light switch just turning off. And the next thing I know, my eyes are opening up in my common room of my building. I'm, I've literally walked past my door and I'm sitting on the couch and a police officer is shaking. Um, I look <laughs> up at him, I look down and I see my dick. It's out.
1: Were you, were you um. turtled or was it, was it cold out or was it, was it good size? It was cold out.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> right, good it was timing. Small. Um,
0: and uh, I look. I, I mean, I look at the officer. I look down at myself. I realize what, what the fuck have I gotten into? Um, I look. I look. I look past the officer and I see my clothes in a line down the hallway. Um, and uh, he calls an ambulance for me. I'm completely fine. I tell him, officer, I don't need an ambulance. I'm fine. I can walk. And he's like, No, protocol. Make protocol. <laughs> Makes me take an ambulance uh, to the op- to the uh, medical center. Did they
1: charge you for the ambulance?
0: Yeah, I got charged over six hundred dollars for that. That is, but that's the worst thing. An
1: inherent flaw in the police system.
0: <laughs> I, I was so livid, and it actually—I still have not paid it, so my credit is probably very low. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I get charged um, later with account of public nudity, with account of severe intoxication, and account. Of intoxication by a minor um and this was all to hear two days later that everyone walking to their 8 a.m classes saw me lying on the couch and (laughs) there's a picture of it that my RA took and I find it rather odd that my RA took a picture of me naked like a freak
1: (laughs) and didn't like try to help you
0: (laughs) yeah literally all you had to do was tap me because I wasn't that drunk at the time and then put a towel on me and (laughs) nothing would have happened you took a picture there's a picture. There's documented evidence of this happening. Um, I had to do 24 hours of community service, but uh, definitely a drunk experience that I uh, won't won't forget and might tell the grandkids one day.
1: Oh, I mean, if you have grandkids, that
0: yeah, <laughs> that's the plan, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I think that about wraps it up for Betty and the G. Oh wait, wait, you know what? Nick wants to give it one more shot with his uh, with his story.
1: Okay, so um, we'll. we'll Bring you back after the break.
0: No.